The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Tour Championship, a very unique and different event on the schedule. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Najad is here. Hello, Sia. Hello. Uh, what a performance last week. I uh, I had him as an outright, a live outright, and I felt lucky to get it. But man, your guy, your guy, Rick, he just cooks. When he cooks, he cooks. 61 course record, 28 coming in, pitched basically a perfect game on the final nine. It was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, he was, he was dialed for sure. Really cool. And I got to tell you, I'm like kind of sad, you know, this is a weird time of just the season in general, not the golf season, but just like the DFS season, because we got football up ahead of us, which is really cool. But we're kind of in this sort of falling action phase of the of the PGA Tour season. And I don't like it. I like waking up on Monday and seeing pricing for a hundred and fifty six man field. And uh, we don't we don't get that for a little bit. Right, Rick? What did you call it? Football? I've never. Yeah. The American football with the with mm. the with the pigskin and no. Never heard of stuff. Interesting. I'll have to check it out this year. Uh, yeah. Give it, give it a look. We are. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's, we're probably only two weeks away. <laughs> I mean, the Fortnite is in like, I don't know the exact date of it, but uh, we're going to get this a lot faster than most off seasons in sport. So uh, don't fret. We will be back at it for the full fields here shortly. This not this 30 at the tour championship. If that wasn't interesting enough where you have to roster 20% of everybody in the field in every single lineup, the, added layer of the starting strokes Sia is going to be something that comes into play for this week because not everybody starts at even par in fact only five guys start at even par where Scotty Scheffler will begin the week at 10 under Victor Hovland at eight under Roy McIlroy at seven so on and so forth all the way down and they are going to start the week with their finishing position points and if they get passed immediately those will change but there is a situation where guys will have points before the week starts. And also um, because of that, the range of salaries is sizable this week, 13,400 all the way down to 5k. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I think anybody that's watching this like understands this is a big game theory situation and, and you have to, 
It's tough. I mean, I, Rick, I, you know, it's funny that the first couple of years we've done the tour championship together doing this show, I've sort of been the guy that's like, no, no, no. Somebody that's three under has four days. They can come back. Somebody that's four under, like they can come back golf. There's so much variance, all this stuff. And like, listen, like the data is there, but I didn't want to believe the data. I like, I believe it now. Like you're preaching to the choir now, whereas maybe you weren't before. So I think from a DFS standpoint and Rick, I mean, I like, I love your opinion on this, obviously. That's why we do this show. So I'm not trying to pretend like I know the answers here, but I feel like you take one of the four top guys or maybe the three that you think can win and that's it. And then you just jump down and you look for guys that are going to pile up like the birdies and the scoring, but also pile up the finishing position points. And and I feel like with this 30 man group, there's sort of a dead zone because people will want to pile up like two really expensive guys. Then they'll go down to the 5k range to make their lineup work. And then they'll end up sort of somewhere in living in the 7k range. I feel like there's a dead zone in that low 8k mid 8k range where the lineup construction is just not going to allow for some people. And it's those people that are starting and I'm, I'm going off memory here, like minus two or so that do have the ability to climb and grab some finishing position points that they're not starting with. Yeah. Those are the guys that in past years, I think like Ches Reeve did it. He went from, you know, 26th to seventh or Mackenzie Hughes kind of did something similar and they they end up being in the optimal lineup. Those are the golfers that you, that you start looking for. Uh, I think that there are probably four and four guys who can win and two who might be able to win. So like five, four and two halves is five is the way that I kind of look at this is the four at the top. And then I think it's probably Lucas Glover, Patrick Cantlay. That might be, that might be the end of the list barring something crazy happening, but you're right. Getting the winner and then getting who those big movers are, who the guys that are, they're outperforming their expectation is going to be huge this week. So we'll, we'll jump into this. We'll talk, I'll show you the scorecard. Uh, we'll, we'll show the stats. We'll go through the cheat sheet and talk about where everybody is starting before we get too deep into it. I want to remind everyone, the one and done link is now live. Final event of the year, $7.2 million for the winner uh, in our one and done. This is it. It's coming down to the stretch. If you are uh, waiting to get your, your vote in, don't get it in right now. And that'll be revealed on Tuesday's mega preview pod. We'll continue this conversation, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating 
workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky. As, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Okay, see, now we can really dive into this thing. Uh, Troy, if you want to share my screen, that'd be splendid. We'll start here with the scorecard. It's a par 70. It is 35 on both sides. It is East Lake. This is a golf course that we see all the time, Sia, but we only get it when it's down to the final 30. So it makes, you know, when I want to run all the data, and, and like you kind of said, having 150 guys in round one, 150 in round two, and then 70 and 70 gives you a lot more shots, a lot more data to work with. There's plenty of years, but there's just significantly less shots and less uh, less data points. And the other problem is then a couple of years ago and they switched to the staggered start, it even changes a lot of golfers' um, opinions and motivation. So I, I think I might just be throwing the data out the window this week and just saying, give me the, give me the best guys for this, you know, uh, who are playing well right now. Yeah. I mean, so I, I sort of have a bias to very recent form anyway. So this actually like fits my uh, air quotes model quite well when it comes to that. Yeah. Definitely looking for recent form. I mean, also, the course conditions might be different this week than what we saw, for example, last year and the year before in terms of, you know, how dry the course is and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, I'm I'm really first of all, this is a huge game theory uh, situation here. But to the extent you're actually analyzing the golfers, um, let, let's let's analyze who's hot and who hasn't been hot that that people might not play. But we know that they, they can turn it on. I think Matt Fitzpatrick is an interesting example from last week. Like I didn't touch that dude. I wasn't going to touch that dude. And for the record, I don't think he's a superstar either. So I don't really feel bad about just like completely fading him which I shouldn't have in a game theory 50-person situation. But I look at a guy like John Rahm, for example, who is a superstar. And by the way, no disrespect to Matt Fitzpatrick. I just don't think he's John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy, Victor Hovland. Um, I think Rahm is one of those guys that people will absolutely avoid. Not completely. He's going to have some ownership. It's a 30-person field. But, you know, he was bad last week. He's been bad in the playoffs. Look at his metrics. Every single round, he was bad. I mean, it's not like there was like, oh, in the fourth round, he started to pick it up. Nope, that didn't happen for John Rahm. But I I do think there are guys like that that the recent form might be off. But because this is so game theory intensive, I might decide, hey, let's say I'm running out five lineups. I might decide a couple of them have John Rahm at the top and that's it. And then, I, and then I bury myself in sort of that nine K eight K range and hope I have the winner in Rahm and a bunch of guys that are going to pass some people with finishing position. points. 
eight golfers over $10,000, four of them over 11,000, two of them over 13,000 led by Scotty Scheffler at 13,400. This is my website, rickrangood.com. This is the cheat sheet. Scheffler 13.4, Rory 13,000, Victor at 12.5, John Rahm at 11.6. Then you go down and get Max Homa at 10.9, Patrick Cantlay at 10.8, Xander Schauffele at 10.5, and Matt Fitzpatrick at a flat 10,000. Let's start with the big four at the top, Sia. Uh, Scheffler will start at 10 under par. He will begin the week with his 30 finishing position points. Victor Hovland is eight under. He'll start two shots back. Rory, three back. And John Rahm, four shots behind the lead before a single shot is hit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, it, to me, if this goes back to the Rom point I was making, it, it's really hard to argue with Scotty Scheffler, Rory, or Victor Hovland at this point. And, and, Again, you know, the, I think the I think the ownership's going to be a little funky, a little quirky um, going into this tournament. But I mean, I think we can all assume that those three are going to grab a lot of ownership. I, you know, I think Scotty at at ten under is probably going to be sort of the most owned, and that makes sense because of his starting strokes. And you know, he is probably the best in the world. But I think for me, Rory's the one that sticks out to me. I mean, the experience at East Lake is great, but I also, you know, Rory was my pick to win last week. I thought he played just fine. We know he's in he's been in elite form, um, notwithstanding the fact that we probably should see more wins there. Don't forget he did win at the, the Scottish Open. But I think Rory's my guy in the top three, top four. And I think what I'm what I might do is I, I think I might have to take a stand. Like Rory, again, if I'm rolling out five or six laps, Rory in three of them, maybe, maybe I go for a little bit of a contrarian move with John Rahm in one or two of them. So the the T to green slash putting metrics have been well uh, covered for Scotty Scheffler. The one thing that I will point out that I think is worth a concern, obviously he's putting, uh, not very well recently, but if you look at his three trips to Eastlake, he has never figured these surfaces out. He lost 2.6 in 2020. He lost six on the greens in 2021 and three last year. So he has lost a combined, what is that? Uh, four and nine, like 10 strokes, almost 11 strokes putting in three trips to the tour championship. So that, that right there is certainly concerning. Now, does that offset a two shot lead? I don't, I don't necessarily think so, especially if he's going to be really popular because we've seen it and we've seen it countless times at this event, that two shot lead might last three holes, right? It might literally last three holes. And the, yes, uh, the floor is much higher for Scotty Scheffler, but it is not a guarantee that he ends the week with those 30 finishing position points. Um, like I think a lot of people kind of assume it is. Yeah. And you know, this, this it's such a like two sided argument because I think one is, is your argument that you always kind of start out with when we get to the tour championship was listen, there's not a lot of people that can catch Scotty Scheffler, but then we look at round four last week. And when, when we're talking about elite golfers, you know, Victor Hovland was minus eight. Scotty Scheffler was minus 11 yesterday to start the day. And Hovland ends up winning by two. Now, granted, Hovland had an extremely low score. But with that said, you know, I do think when it comes to the elite golfers, there's so many in play that, that not so many, but there's at least a few in play that can catch Scotty Scheffler. Maybe in my opinion, 
close to four. I, I don't know that I put Glover there, but I think I put Cantley and the three guys we just talked about on that list. I do think the next two, Rory Victor, are probably more interesting. Rory McIlroy, uh, 1.44 strokes gained per round in 36 rounds at Eastlake. Uh, nobody as good as him in the sample size that he has. Obviously, three times a winner of the FedEx Cup looking for his fourth this time around. What I think is interesting about Rory is he has been very good at beat. Wow. He's been very good at beating almost everyone. And when you're playing in some of these, you know, full field events, you've got to be perfect. And Rory hasn't been perfect. There's only 29 other golfers in this field. And there's only maybe five or six others that have a realistic chance of, of winning this golf tournament. I think it's, I mean, it's just like winning it's just like winning a fantasy football league or a one and done, a one and done that has 10 people or a one and done that has a thousand people. Like which one is going to be harder to win? I, I think the uh, condensed nature of this is really, really good for Rory because the floor is so freaking high. I agree. When you put it like that, you know, when you get the betting options where they'll give you all, I mean, all, all sides do this, like group A and they have all the elite players in group B. I mean, I think Rory, if you put him in group A, it's going to be like, I'm talking from a betting standpoint, it's going to be Rory with Scotty with John Rahm, with Patrick Cantlay, let's say, and uh, who am I missing? Like Victor, um, probably. Victor, of course, Victor Hovland. And I don't know what his odds would be there, but they, they, he'd probably be second in, in, that, in that grouping. And I, I think it's completely fair, especially knowing that, you know, Hovland coming off a win, I guess you could make the argument that, you know, he won't stay as hot. But I mean, I think he's in the conversation, but I think you could like maybe X out Rahm and Cantlay just because their play hasn't been as good. I, I think Roy's very alive to win this tournament. Yeah, so just quickly on Victor, two wins in his last seven starts, the ball striking stuff, phenomenally. Probably should have won in Memphis too if he didn't punt it away on on 18 there uh, over the course of the week. I do want to bring up Cantlay because I think that his stat profile is also pretty interesting around East Lake. So he won this event in 2021, but it was really in no thanks to the putter or the short game because in five trips, he's never gained strokes putting here and he's lost six or more over four rounds three out of those five times. So when I see something like this, a pretty big sample size that we have brewing, um, I, I think a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, if he won here and he finished seventh last year, but this is, this is ugly. And that's seventh. He started uh, much higher than that. This is, this is a pretty ugly stat profile when you think about it. Yeah. If we didn't have Patrick Cantley's <laughs> uh, like name and picture next to that, I think we'd be like, well, I'm not playing this guy. Uh, right. So, I mean, the, the short game it altogether was pretty bad there. But, yeah, the putter, um, that's that's concerning to me. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't really – I'm not planning on playing Cantlay in my lineup, so that that's just further evidence for that. You kind of um, foreshadowed a, a couple of thoughts on Matt Fitzpatrick. I'd like to get those now. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick was one of those guys where as each round went by last week, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like it was so obvious to play Matt Fitzpatrick since nobody was going to play him. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm jumping on him this week. I mean, I like I, I don't really again, I, I'm grabbing a guy at the top and maybe a guy that's sort of towards the top in, in, in my main lineups, if you will. And then I'm, I'm going to try to live in that eight, nine K range. And I, I, there's just no way. Uh, that's going to, I'm going to have room to pay up 10,000 for Matt Fitzpatrick in that case. And for the record, I, I don't really trust the game. I, I great, great job last week. Um, but when we're talking about the guys he's priced around, I really have no interest. I do think it is a little fool's goldie. It's one of his best uh, putting rounds in in years on the PGA Tour or anywhere in the world for that matter, in at least a year. So I do, I do worry a little bit about that. I, I is, 
you know, the, the Homa Cantlay Xander Fitzpatrick area is fascinating. I, I, there is a clear drop from the four guys at the top who are better players, who will start in better finishing positions that I will find it difficult. It's early on a Monday. I mean, maybe I'll figure this out as the week goes on, but I'm going to find it pretty difficult to get access to any of those four just because of the way this, this starts to build out. So it's tough, right? So let's say you start with Hovland and then, so I think Max Home is the guy in that group that definitely gets squeezed, right? Because Matt Fitzpatrick at least has the benefit of being the cheaper of the four. Patrick Cantley, people just want to play Patrick Cantley for obvious reasons. And Xander has really good, uh, from a track record standpoint, is really good for me. So like, I think Max Home is the guy that like people just aren't going to want to play 10,900 for. And if you start, if you start your lineup with, let's say, Hovland, which you're making a concession right there, and Max Homa, it leaves you with 6,650. And then it puts you in a position to have that standard build that I was suggesting maybe you don't want to get yourself into, where then you feel like you have to grab two 5K guys just to get your back yourself back into a, like a relevant golfer, which I if I do that, take two low 5K guys, it gets me back to 8,000 for my last two. And that's, I don't know that that's the build I want to do, especially with two blow end guys that probably aren't going to chase down much by way of finishing points. So I, I, my, my take is that's all the more reason to maybe consider Homa because I just don't think the standard build is going to want to include him. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, we're going to talk about those guys at the bottom here in a little bit. The 9K range is very small. It's Lucas Glover, who's going to start at five under. He's 9,700. Brian Harmon, who's going to start at four under. He's 95. Ricky Fowler is 9,000. And for some reason, my brain skipped Wyndham Clark at $9,100. That's it. Um, a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of indifferent here. What's the play out of these four golfers? So I, I think Lucas Glover is interesting. I don't think I'm going to play him at 9,700. You know, I, I do think he's out of gas a little bit. Respectable finish, 22nd last week. That's fine. Um, but I just, I, I think he's fine, but I just don't think I'm going to end up playing him. I think Harmon is really interesting. I think Clark and Fowler are interesting. Of the four, it's Ricky Fowler, and it, it might be Brian Harmon for me. I think Ricky Fowler is actually my favorite in that group wow. at minus three because I think he's a guy at 9,000 A that might fall inside a bit of a dead zone, by the way, and has the ability at three under with some good rounds behind him to really chase down like potentially like third-place position points. I'm worried about Ricky. You know, since since the win, he has not been very good from tee to green. He's lost with the putter in his last two. The, these last four finishes are basically his worst four finishes of the year. Now, that's that is also a testament to how good his year has been because he's been yeah. just piling up a bunch of top 20s and his last four all happen to be outside, you know, the top 20. So it's not the end of the world. But, the, you know, you you mentioned like Lucas Glover might be running out of gas. That That's what I see out of Ricky Fowler's profile. It's true. I, I was really encouraged by him last week, but can we go round by round on Ricky yeah. Fowler? Because he he must have he he must have had a bad round four. I didn't really have my. I mean, I was solely focused on sort of the top of the board, but he must have had a bad round four or a bad Saturday. weekend. Saturday, so he got off to a good start. He gained three point seven on Thursday. He added nearly another half a stroke on Friday. Then he gave most of that back on Saturday, losing 3.3. And then he had another losing day on Sunday as well. So he did definitely yeah. fade on the weekend. Yeah, definitely faded on the weekend. Again, I think he's a guy that sort of falls in like a squeeze dead zone. And to be honest, between him and Max Homa, uh, I would rather I'd rather save the 1900 and play Ricky, knowing that people aren't going to be super encouraged by his recent play. 
Uh, I think Brian Harmon's my favorite. You know, he's he's just doing Brian Harmon things, and now he's playing with house money a little bit, right? I mean, he's got six, what is that, one, two, three, four, five top 12 finishes in his last six, which include a claret jug and a runner-up, and played well last week. Um, when he's play, He has not played often here, and it hasn't been very good. Last year he played, uh, he lost about a stroke and a half, and then 2017, which I, I think we can throw out the window, uh, five and a half strokes he lost to the field at Eastlake. He's only played here twice, but I think he's the guy that kind of starts moving us in the right direction. Glover, I could take or leave. I don't have much of a of a feel on. Um, Wyndham Clark is the most interesting because I just, I just don't know. I have no idea. I, if Wyndham Clark finished 30th, I wouldn't be surprised. And if he made a run up the board and finished third, I wouldn't be surprised. How did he finish T15 with, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great tournament for Wyndham Clark. As far as I remember, and the metrics don't speak to him having a great tournament either. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Good, good Thursday, good Saturday, bad Friday, kind of bad Sunday. Yeah. I mean, decent short game kind of helped him out there, but no, I'm, I'm definitely a fade on Wyndham Clark. Like when I look at that range, I agree with you on Harmon. I, I would rather pay up there or I'd rather just pay down to Ricky Fowler, or we're going to get into this next zone, Tommy Fleetwood, who should be popular because that's sort of the beginning of the dead zone to me. Once you get under Tommy Fleetwood, but I mean, I'd rather go Tommy Fleetwood than Wyndham Clark there. All right. Well, we'll do the eight K's Troy, and then we'll, we'll hit a break. So we'll continue to run through this here and kind of flip it up a little bit. Cause there's only four guys in the AK range, Fleetwood, Sung Jay, Russell Henley, Keegan Bradley. I'll just uh, give you a, a T here on Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, last 36 rounds. See, uh, the raw strokes gain best players in this field. Rory McIlroy, number one, Scotty Scheffler, number two, Victor Hovland, number three, Tommy Fleetwood, Number four, Tommy is dangerously close to that two strokes per round number, which is an, an astonishing number. He's at 1.99. So there's the there's the T for Tommy Fleetwood, who you were seem to be pretty encouraged about. And he's another guy that that is at three under with Ricky Fowler. That if they have their A game, and Rick, I know how you break this down. Like like you you use statistics way better than I do in terms of like your matrix and probabilities and percentile like type <laughs> outcome. If Fleetwood and I, I probably like butchered all of those words, but if Fleetwood and Fowler like have their high percentile outcomes and they chase down like the guys who were in third and fourth place, so they move from minus three to and they end up instead of getting those finishing position points, they end up getting like third or fourth place finishing position points. You get those two guys who are relatively cheap with whatever winner you pick. And if that ends up being the guy, whether it's Scotty or Rory or what have you, like that is the makings to me of a really good start to a lineup. Yeah. And Tommy has shown, you know, the plus 12 at the U S open strokes gain. That is the plus 15 at the Canadian open, the, the 11 that he gained at quill hollow. If he puts together one of those this week, he will probably get into uh, maybe the top five or something like that, which would be, which would be a pretty significant move for him. Uh, I just love every single week. I stare at Russell Henley's stat profile and I'm, and I'm in awe. Right. You know, the the event he should have, would have, could have won at the Wyndham Championship. Well, runner up there, sixth in Memphis, eighth at the BMW Championship. You know, last eight rounds, last 12 rounds, uh, he's one of the best players in the field. And then even before that, he was piling up those top 20s. He just never stops doing the same thing thing every single week and he's got a lot better history around Eastlake granted 
His most recent trip was 2017. His start before that was 2014, but he's a, uh, he lives right around Atlanta. I think he lives in Columbus, Georgia, 11 and a half strokes gained. He's, um, he's picked up in eight rounds at East Lake in his career, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably plays it more frequently than twice in the last nine years. Yes, I would go out on that limb as well. Uh, I, listen, I love the stat profile, and I love a lot of these guys in the three under range. I think these are the guys where you're hoping for those just high end, like like nearly yeah. outlier outcomes where they start passing people. I think in that conversation is Henley, is Fleetwood, uh, and even Ricky Fowler. So the guy that breaks the slate, the guy that wins you all the money, the guy who's in all the optimals will likely be – uh, like somebody in this two or three under range, and then they go up and they finish fifth or sixth or something like that. And because you remember, you're going to get all those finishing, or excuse me, all those uh, scoring points, all those hole by yeah. hole points where you're going to, you might, they might, somebody might make a lot more birdies than Scotty Scheffler does. And the only difference is going to be the, the finishing position points. But if you can close the gap on, 20 for second and get yourself 12 or 14, you can score way more than those guys by making three more birdies. So th this is kind of the slate breaking range we're looking at. And for the record, those three guys you can put in a lineup with whoever you want as the winner, whether it's Scotty or Roy or Victor Hovland or even John Rahm, you can literally take one of those guys. You can put the three guys we just talked about, which are in that eight-ish to low 9K range, and then you'll still have money to fill out your lineup. So I'm just, I mean, again, I, I'm not saying that's the optimal strategy, but I think all three of those guys, uh, some more than others, like Fleetwood, I would put probably at the top of the list, have the ability to charge and like take down a, a, a three spot at the end of the tournament. Mm. Okay, we're going to continue this conversation with the real value on the board, the sevens, the sixes, and the fives, but we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. $7,000 range. Corey Connors, Tom Kim, Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, Jason Day, and C. Woo, Kim, Sia, that's the group that we've got to kind of figure out what to do with. They all start at either two or one under par. So another couple of guys that I think are, especially at the top, that are in kind of a dead zone where you might be able to get them at lower ownership because of how the builds are just naturally going to go with a, you know, a couple guys at the top and you're going to, people are just going to be desperate to go down to that low 5K range. I think Tom Kim is the most interesting. Listen, Colin Morikawa at 7,700, I'm not going to argue with you there. I've, I've been unimpressed with Colin Morikawa. I think most people would say that. 
Tom Kim's interesting because he started the tournament off so poorly, Rick. And you know how you say this all the time where like somebody has a bad, th- but granted, this wasn't a cut. It wasn't a cut situation. So it's a little less of an effect, but somebody has a bad Thursday or Friday and they get completely written off. Cause it's like, Oh, this guy's like yep. tanking my lineup. He, he was good in on the weekend. He was great on in round four. The only thing that people remember are the first nine holes on Thursday and the last nine holes on Sunday. And if mm-hmm. your guy played phenomenal, whatever happened in the middle there never wants to get considered for anything. It's crazy. It's like, oh, this guy coughed it up. It's like, well, yeah, he played outside of his mind to get there on Sunday. Or, oh my gosh, Tom Kim, bogey three of his first five holes, he stinks. But I didn't check to see that he finished T10 last week. So I hate to put you to the test here, but round four at Olympia Fields, outside of Victor Hovland, mm. I think he might have been like inside the top three or four in terms of total strokes gained. Just in the final round? Just in the final round. All right. Well, here we'll go to the live leaderboard from last week and we'll just isolate round four. Uh, it's already sorted by strokes gained total. Yeah. So so Victor Hovland, number one, 7.6. And then Russell Henley and Tom Kim tied. They shot the same score uh, for 5.69 strokes gained per round, which was pretty. I mean, listen, that's those three guys were head and shoulders above the rest of the field, right? Mm-hmm. It was seven and a half, five and a half, five and a half. Then just one guy at three and a half and then a bunch of two and a half. So, um, yeah, Tom Kim and Russell Henley figured it out on on Sunday. And if you look at Tom Kim, this is this is what we wanted in January. This mm-hmm. is what we expected when he won twice, you know, in the fall. Because now he's gone. Just his last four are sixth runner up, twenty fourth, tenth. That's a major two playoff events and the Scottish Open. You go back a couple of starts, you get to the U.S. Open where he finished T eight. This is what we wanted from Tom Kim all year long. He's finally doing it. And for the record. He, he's a longer hitter than people think. Like I, I, he really truly has added distance off the tee. So, I mean, I think that's something to keep in mind. You got you got this par 70 round 7,300 yards. It's, I mean, I would classify it and I don't know the details on this. It's a little longer than, than PGA tour average. Am I right? Uh, set par 70, 7,300. Yes. Yeah. So with that in mind, I mean, Tom Kim like should be a fine course fit. I mean, and if he's hot with the putter, like he was the last two days at Olympia fields, I mean, I think, I think he's a great find at 7,900. And again, I don't think that range is going to be super popular because of constructions. And if it is, I think people would naturally more likely go to Colin Morikawa than they would, let's say Corey Connors or Tom Kim. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, both Corey Connors and Tom Kim, I like, uh, yep. I, I hate I hate what Corey Connors has done here at East Lake, but he plays out of the fairway. The results are piling up. Um, if if everybody is going to rather go to Morikawa or Tony Finau, who everybody see, can't seem to give up on, or whatever else that might be, uh, those two guys are very very interesting to me. Yeah, in this entire range, those two guys are probably my favorite. With Tom Kim being like the, the, the clear cut number one for me. Of course, I kind of like Colin Morikawa. I'm okay with that, but the rest of the guys, I'm just not interested. And I think Siwoo Kim is kind of in a dead zone as well, so he's interesting for that reason. Jason Day, I guess you could make the same argument, but uh, Tony Finau, Jason Day, Siwoo Kim, they probably don't see my lineup. I mean, t- t- Finau and Day have, have not been good. Uh, Siwoo is at least capable of showing up and shooting like. <laughs> Something crazy under par. Yeah. Uh, the 6K range, only four golfers here. A couple of big names, though. Terrell Hatton, 69. Jordan Spieth, 67. 
uh, Taylor Moore at 65 and then Sam Burns at 61. So here's where I think a lot of people are going to go for that salary cap relief. See, uh, you know, you've got a couple of big names like Hatton and Spieth Burns, who, you know, what shot a 62 at, at, at one point last week, uh, setting the course record before Victor got it on, on Sunday. Um, that's where I think most will go for salary cap relief. Do, do you agree with that statement? I agree, but I think the leadoff hitter for that salary cap relief in this range is Sam Burns because it's such a different price tag, 6,100 versus the 6,900 for Hatton. I think people are intrigued by Hatton at 6,900. I just think like most of the builds, I, I would say probably like the the less sophisticated builds are, are just going to, and, and listen, I, this is how I built first too. So I'm not like trying to make fun of anybody. The less sophisticated builds. Like, are like, I should say, I should say it this way. The, the builds that people will jump at initially are two really expensive guys that they really like. And what that is going to end up doing is go down. You, you're going to have to go down to the, you can't like Hatton's not going to give you that relief. Burns to a degree will give you that, that relief, but the, it's the five K guys that are in play in those types of builds. And then it gets you back into that like eight K seven K range. So I think, I, I think Burns is the most intriguing for me because of his price. And because we know he can get hot. This is a range, and we'll just we'll just go to the rest of these guys. Grillo, Sepstraka, Adam Shank, Nick Taylor. This is a range that I want pure upside, right? I mean, there's really no there's nowhere for them to go, right? They're at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're they're starting at the bottom of the board. They're not getting many finishing position points. They can't even lose the guys who started even can't even lose finishing position points. They're gonna start with three and they're gonna end with three if they don't move up. So why not just find the sickest upside guys. And the way that I was looking at this earlier is I went to the strokes gain distribution here and I was just looking at guys who gain five or more strokes to the field more frequently than they should. And there's a couple that stand out, right? Like Keegan Bradley, super low floor, super high ceiling. Jason Day, similar. Um, you'll see Sepp Straka's name pop up here. You know, his, his Sepp Straka's ceiling is the same as Patrick Cantlay's. Sepp Straka's floor is like the worst in the field. Right. Like that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, Grillo would pop up here as well. So that's there's just there's just no re- like they can barely hurt you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, they, you might as well. Like, no wonder I'm going to be living down here. <laughs> well, Straka and Shank are my two favorite down there. And Shank's, it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah, Shank, Shank is one of those guys where he can get he, like almost in like a Sep Straka type way. He can he can ruin your lineup and he'll miss the cut in a traditional event or he'll end up like T4. It's just one of those situations. So Straka and Shank are clearly my favorite in the low 5K range or the 5K range. If you can look past the bad, Sep, uh, excuse me, Adam Shank has five top tens in his last 10 starts. 50% of his last 10 starts are top seven finishes. I mean, it speaks to the fact that he's even in this field, right? Like you have to be really good. You have to have piled up the the FedEx Cup points to even be in this field. And what's so cool about Shank is he didn't do it early in the fall swing. That's not when he got the points. He did it like at like most of they weren't all designated events, mind you, but some of these really, truly elevated, solid field events. And he's been really good. Anything else from a. Uh, kind of whole perspective. There's only 30 players in the field. You're going to have to roster six out of 30, 20% of the field in every single lineup. I agree with you that there is a lot of game theory. I agree with you that there is a lot of roster construction uh, considerations to make for this week. Uh, Anything that we have not mentioned that we should have by this point? I don't think so. I I mean, I, I think I would say just recognize, I've said it four times already, but 
recognize where the natural builds are going to lead to, regardless of who actually gets picked. And, and it's going to lead to, you know, one thing I did with one of my lineups, Rick, and it, I basically did what I said, I, like people shouldn't do. I had two expensive guys. I had two 5k guys. And then I messed around in the middle a little bit. And what I did, I made the lineup. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to take one of these 5k guys out of my lineup. I'm going to take one of the 8k guys that I picked and, and I'm going to take him out of my lineup. And so I just basically had what I thought was like a chalk build, not a chalk lineup, but at least a chalk build. I took two guys out of it that I knew were going to be in like similar ranges as people were going to take. And then I took the whatever 8,800 guy and I dropped him all the way down to like, I picked like a 7,700 guy. And it allowed me to take the 5k guy that I had and actually flirt with the low 7k range, which I thought was kind of like like that dead zone range, that mid 7k range. So that's how I did it just to try to be different. Of course, you can leave money on the table and stuff like that, but I, those are the mental impressions I'm going through when I'm built. You know what I saw this week that I thought about getting into there. So usually there's, so there's usually that $200 single entry. There is a $250 four max. See mm-hmm. that I was yeah. like, wow, this, I, I that's this I haven't seen that before. Is that's, is that new this week? Oh no. I think that's been there all year. I don't, I don't play really? in that one. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's been there all year. I'm right. I'm have my eyes just gone right past it because I've, I, I saw it immediately this morning. and was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. I did not know that existed. I'm pretty sure it's Maybe been there. Maybe I have filters on or something. I'm an idiot. All right. I, I could be the idiot here, but I'm pretty sure. Like when you said that, I was like, yeah, I, I know what contest you're talking about. So I'm pretty sure I've seen no, that for a while. I think, it's, I think it's me that. Okay. Well, we've gotten here um, sooner than normal, but there's only 30 guys in the field. So let's get to the strokes gain narrative portion of the show. Troy, I believe we have five of these this week. Uh, three separate slides. So we'll start with Eric David, who says August brings the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction <laughs> and the FedEx Cup playoffs. These six would be really good two sport athletes. Okay, two sport athletes. Quick glance, they look like golf and football crossovers. So we will start with Patrick Cantlay Mahomes. Boom. Are, is there any? Are there any two people on planet Earth more different than Patrick Cantlay and Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> if you stuck those so. two in a room, what in the world would they talk about? They'd find a way because Mahomes is so gregarious and like he he'd figure it out, but it would it would even be hard for him to figure it out. I think Brian close ha- to the best Brian Harmon Dawkins. Okay, I like that little Philadelphia Eagles action there. Mm-hmm. Keegan Bradshaw, sure, easy. Tony Finau Gonzalez. Oh, a couple of potential. Uh, those are some good targets. You know, get get Tony Finau as a tight end. Get let him run around a little bit. There you go. Uh, I'm not familiar. Is it Sammy Ball Burns? B a u g h. That's right. Sammy Ball uh, used to be a uh, quarterback for Washington. Actually, uh, way back in the day, we're talking like I was going to say. That's got to be a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. And Lawrence Taylor Moore. Wow. Okay. Very strong, Eric. Well done. Uh, Tybo Tyler says, as a Georgia native, I'm aware how hot it's going to be this week. Yeah. So are these guys, Tommy Heatwood, Victor Hotland, Scorchy Scheffler, Sammy Sunburns, Emiliano Grilled-O, and Terrell Sun Hatton. Very creative. That was one of two um, sort of weather-related hot lineups. Uh, Tim Thomas was the other one. His didn't make it because Tybo got in first. That was very, very creative. Okay, next, Troy. Oracle says, in honor of 2022 season ending, it's the 2023 season, but that's okay, Oracle. <laughs> or, is this, or, is this, or is this a year late on the 2022 season ending? Hmm. 
Maybe he's well, playing chess. He's playing chess. Uh, see you next year, Woo Kim. Patrick can't lay my feet up till Monday. Jason, season's over on Sunday. Taylor, no more 2023 season. Max going home until next season. And Tony Fee, now I have to play with my five kids. <laughs> well done. Ryan, the fantasy bunker. Georgia is known as the Hollywood of the South. Is that true? I don't know. But I think that is true. I think they give a lot of tax breaks if you film there. Oh, that's that's a thing for sure. I think that's You're a right. big thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So here are a few of Ryan's favorite shows and movies filmed here. Okay, so kind of double double action. John, remember the Titans. Emiliano Grillozark. <laughs> the Sung Jay internship. Adam Shankerman too. Wow, Shankerman is strong. Next level. Ford versus Ferrari McElroy. And driving Miss Daisy Wu Kim. Bravo. Well done. Well done, right? Finally, one more to go. And it is, oh, it's him. It's him. We found him. John Markowski. Atlanta headquarters for Home Depot. Didn't know that. So these are taglines for local contractors. Patrick, we can't lay carpet, but do all else. Sungjae, we aim to improve, impact, impress. Adam, hire us now, shank us later. (laughs) John, always rom to upgrade. We're fleet of foot and fleet of wood. Siwoo, hire us. Siwoo, smile. That was sweet. (laughs) Well done. Well done, uh, narrative writers. Hashtag SG narrative for all of them. Uh, You can send them to Sia. You can send them to the first cut. Uh, I wanted to look up before I let you out of here, see you. I wanted to look up what the actual date was for the Fortinet here. So mm-hmm. it is September 14th. So this week will be 28th. So it'll be one week off, two weeks off, two weeks off. Roger that. Anything else before we get out of here? I think we covered it. I think it'll be an interesting tournament. Mega preview pod on Tuesday. Round by round recaps, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Big thanks to producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Cena Jod available on Twitter at Cena Jod. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness.
For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. 